This week on the podcast, I welcome Diego Borgo. Diego is a senior digital marketing consultant with over 10 years experience helping brands orchestrate and execute end-to-end digital experiences. He's a Metaverse native, Web3 ambassador, NFT collector, and just an all-round great guy. At the moment, he's helping major brands to enter the NFT and Metaverse space. And just recently, he worked with Adidas on their incredible Into the Metaverse project. So if you want to know how brands should enter the space with credibility, then you need to listen to this episode. We also talk about what Diego's views are for the overall Web3 space, the future, and what he's currently excited about and much, much more. And on that note, before we begin, it's important to remember that the Wealth Journal is not financial advice. What me and Diego discuss is purely for educational and entertainment purposes, and I recommend that you do your own research before making any investments. Now, with that out of the way, let's get cracking. Hello, Diego. Welcome to the Wealth Journal podcast. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. No worries, no worries. Well, first of all, I'd just like to kick off with a bit of an introduction, really. Like, who is who is Diego? Tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been consulting brands for the last eight years. Um, I've been consulting Adidas for the last four years. Um, I've been in crypto since 2017. Uh, you've been been quite quite active on that sense, um, and then about ten months ago, eleven months ago, I've been. Um, introduced to nfts and you know and and since that first introduction happened um uh, i really i really got I, I got really excited about it um so yeah like consultancy digital marketing digital strategist for for most of my career worked with several different brands um you know from from global enterprises to small startups so i've, I've seen a lot on that side from client side from agency side as well i spent a lot of time in the agency side uh, and now I just did the leap, you know, I, I went full time and full on and all in into Web3 and, you know, NFTs, blockchain, cryptocurrencies and all of that. So that's that's a little bit about, you know, where I've been and, and where I am at right now. I'm always quite intrigued um, when somebody got involved in crypto, say fairly early on. So 2017 is, is still quite early, really, in my opinion. What was it about crypto that sort of caught your attention? Yeah, initially for me, I love the concept of decentralization. Um, you know, I love the concept of disrupting, you know, established social systems or financial systems. So those things were really exciting to me because, uh, you know, I've, I've studied a lot when I was younger uh, and, and my university was around that, you know, economy and macroeconomy and how and how those things play out. And the more you understand about how economy in a global scale works, the more concerned you are that there isn't really a future if we keep doing things as we do. Uh, you know, and I was, I was always intrigued about like, what is, what, what will happen if we as society take, you know, economy in our own hands and start using technology in order to sort of like shape uh, a new way on which we can interact with each other. Uh, so that idea of decentralization, blockchain, this redistribution of wealth, um, cryptocurrencies really spoke to me back then, you know. And and I spent I spent a fair amount of time on the tech side because that was the most interesting aspect for me. So really trying to understand, um, you know, 
how blockchain worked, which is still very difficult, even though I spent a lot of time on it because it's very complex. Um, but, you know, I, I get a, a very, a fairly good grasp at, at, at that type of thing. Um, you know, smart contracts later on with Ethereum. Um, so I, I really enjoy the tech, tech aspect and the sort of like real world implication that the, that technology could have on, on the way we, we interact with each other financially, but also not necessarily financially only also the, any other, in any other way, you know, so that, that was kind of like what got me started. Um, my brain doesn't really work, you know, on the side of financials or numbers or charts or, or all those type of things that are more sort of like, you know, analytical. So it was hard for me to, to get really deep into uh, cryptocurrencies exactly because of that. A lot of times that lack of creativity was a barrier. So, you know, either was a lot about the tech or a lot about like numbers and forecasts and curves and all of it. So I, I didn't, I didn't went all in, although looking back, I definitely should have, uh, you know, but I didn't, but was always on, on, on my back, on back of my mind. I was, I was trying to understand, you know, how can we apply blockchain technology for, you know, creativity or how can we use this technology in, in a way that becomes more tangible and leaves sort of like the supply chain or, or the really like back, back, back end type of things. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like how my journey went. Um, I did invest, uh, you know, not a lot, a little bit, um, back then I got in a lot of like altcoins, which, you know, went really bad or others that went okay. Um, so it was exciting to, to be involved, but I also never felt part of the community or being able to, you know, actively impact on something because those projects are just ways, they're way too big, right? It's really hard for one to join like, oh, I'll, I'll join Bitcoin and make a difference, right? Or I'll, I'll buy Ethereum and, and make a difference. It's, it's, really, it's really difficult because one, the communities are really large. Two, the projects are incredibly large. Uh, you know, and three, you need to be really good at technology or really good at uh, development or something like that to be able to create impact on that space. So uh, yeah, that's kind of like how I got involved and, and how my journey was a little bit. Very good. I mean, for me, I guess the podcast is is about building wealth and looking for for ways for ways to do that. Not necessarily just to be to be rich, but to, to go on that journey of, of creating wealth. And I think Web three and crypto, as I've been investing over the years, and probably more so in twenty twenty, really when I actually started investing more regularly into into crypto. And then it's just become like a bit of a brain virus, really. It's sort of spread and just continues to, to spread in my mind of the, the use cases for, for Web3, for blockchain. And um, the more I think about it and the more potential I see in the space, the more time I've been, I've been spending researching it, really. And that's why this, these past few weeks on the podcast, I've started to bring more people, more people on that. I've just got insights into the space because I do think, like you said, we're on that sort of very... Um, early journey of, of web three and crypto. And I think over the next few years, we'll probably, probably see a huge shift change in just what it'll bring for, for people and, and organizations in the future. So for me, it's, it's very exciting. Um, and obviously I've started following yourself on, on LinkedIn and I, I feel that your, your role on LinkedIn has actually, has actually helped me quite a lot understand a lot about the space. Um, and you seem to take it upon yourself to, to almost be that custodian a little bit of the 
the NFT and the and the Web three world. Um, why, why do you why do you like to do that? Yeah, you know, I think I've been extremely active within the the Twitter NFT community, right? So if you if you want to, you know, um, drink it from the source, that's where you gotta be, right? You spend majority of the time that you're awake in in, in Twitter and NFT Twitter. Um, and what I start feeling is that there is a huge gap between, you know, that space and community and environment with the actual world, you know, where now a lot of people are interested professionally because they've seen that there is, you know, an entire new um, opportunity, an entire new sector to explore, but also because brands and, and companies and, and organizations now are seeing the possibilities uh, because some of other companies have already sort of like paved the way, right? So what I what I'm trying to do and why I'm spending so much time on that that platform, for example, I want to bridge that gap. You know, I want to bring uh, the insights and the knowledge I've acquired um, almost the last year, investing a lot of my time in there, but also like bring a bit of like how that word feels and is about into a platform that you know it's nothing about it. Um, I was never interested in Twitter before NFTs. So I did the shift and I spent a lot of time because of it. And my LinkedIn, it was never active because for me, LinkedIn just has this layer of like being serious and being like business and sort of like your, your CV and the way you show up is how a company is going to look at you. Um, and, you know, for me, it's also exciting to sort of like break that. And, and a lot of times I'm just taking a piss, you know, cause I'm like, this is a new world, right? You, it doesn't matter if I'm alien from, from Saturn or Jupiter, uh, and that's my photo, uh, you know, and I'm posting memes and stuff like that's what we are building right now. That's what is exciting. And, and you know, it's sort of like I'm, I'm trying to I'm just trying to share my experience at the end of the day. You know, I'm trying to share what I've learned and and uh, I'm trying as well to to really apply the the Wagmi mantra. Right. So we all going to make it. Um, I think that the only way we truly will achieve success within Web3 technology is by you know having that as as sort of like the base culture for it um, and i'm trying to help you know i'm trying to provide value it's becoming more difficult to have one-on-one -on -one conversations it's becoming more difficult to answer dms because you know i'm getting like 50 plus dms a day and a lot of it is just people that want me to review their project so they can go and market and make some money and not say thank you after i've experienced a couple of those and it's fair you know it's fine i i understand but I need to be smart now on how I use my time and, you know, how I can also help the community grow in a manner that a lot of people are taking advantage of it rather than just one or two. Uh, so, yeah, to summarize in a simple way, I, I just, you know, I want to, I want to bridge the gap. I want to, to sort of like spread the word. Um, I took as my mission, you know, shared mission with other people as well that is, you know, it's basically bring crypto and NFTs mainstream, right? So how do, how do we get more people involved? How do we, we set the, the tone? How do we onboard people the right manner? How do we build a culture that's inclusive? Uh, you know, and, and there is, the, uh, you know, there is space for everyone. Um, and that's kind of like what I'm trying, trying to push from my corner as well. You know, um, I spend a lot of time watching from the sidelines throughout my whole life, I never spoke up as much as I'm speaking up right now because, you know, I've been learning several different skills and several different things. And now is the first time in my life that I feel I've, I am facing and I am on, 
into something that I feel extremely comfortable to talk about because of experience. I put my money down. I made money. I lost money. I, I invested an incredible amount of time. I supported projects. I supported brands. I'm consulting projects. I consulted brands. Uh, I know a lot of people from the space that have been for a long time. I learned a lot from them. I spend time with newbies. I spend time with OGs. So, you know, it's, it's the first time in my life that I feel I have something to share. And, and, and you know, I feel that, that I have like uh, some, some thought-provocating things as well to say. And uh, it's exciting that people are finding it interesting, you know, and I'm really humbled when someone comes to me, you know, as you, as you just did or, or as people do by DMs, like, hey, like you opened my eyes for this new thing. I wasn't expecting, you know, that would exist or, uh, you know, a lot of people I onboarded, I, I onboarded and helped onboard more than 200 people for the space already, right? And a lot of them went down and made their own NFTs, you know, where others started with something small and now they're like flipping and they, they are, you know, buying a car or, or paying a debt, debt that they had before. You know, it's not just the financial aspect, but it's also interesting to see, again, what we were saying before about uh, cryptocurrency, this, you know, redistribution of wealth or, or people being able to find different manners now to, to find uh, revenue to support their dreams, you know, and, and financial f- freedom as well. So I just, I just want to be part of that, uh, you know, help to build on it and, 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 and bring and add as much value as possible. So that's kind of like why I'm around. Cool. And is there anything that you've learned over the last few weeks, months, or even years that, that you wish you knew at the start when you was getting involved in the space? Uh, that's a very good question. I haven't reflect on that. Uh, I mean, I'm learning every day, right? It's, it's, it's insane. I think, I think security and safety is something that is really important that you oversee it when you start, uh, you know, like not having a cold wallet uh, or, you know, like just clicking random links and connecting a wallet to everything uh, and not knowing the tools that you can use to, you know, one, uh, decline some um, allowances or something you've signed up before that, you know, potentially can be misused uh, in the future. Um, I think a lot of, a lot of those aspects, again, my brain looks at those projects and I'm like, Oh, the art is so cool. Oh, the community is so cool. Oh, those guys want to disrupt the, you know, the music industry is so cool. But then I'm never like looking to the financials or to the sort of like security. And I had to spend some time on it, you know, because as my portfolio grows as well, and as my, my collection grows in value, just because there's so much money fl- fl- flooding in right now, the space, uh, I was like, well, if I have like a doodle that right now is worth probably 30 grand, I should spend like $150 in a cold wallet to keep it safe, right? So like that's type of thing that, you know, because I invested so little and because I've been around a little bit longer, I'm, I'm being blessed now to, to, you know, have invested on a couple of projects that are doing well. Uh, that thing starts exponentially growing, but you don't realize uh, the actual value because it's all illiquid or or unrealized, right? So like you you cannot see how tangible it is thirty grand until the moment you sold that doodle and that thirty grand is in your digital wallet, and now you have the option of withdrawing that and like getting cash on hand, so you can understand what thirty grand means. It's just like it's very um, you know very intangible. So I think safety and security is something you spend more time on. Uh, as I got, you know, more, more into the space and, uh, overall from like the sort of like the LinkedIn journey, um, one thing I'm learning more and more right now is saying, no, you know, I tend to, I tend to just like, yeah, let's go and let's talk. And I'm super excited. And I do my best and I give it all, 
but dude, I'm having like 10 to 12 meetings back to back right now. Uh, you know, and I, I still want to be active on the space. I still want to build, uh, you know, I have a family, I have hobbies, uh, you know, like I, I serve skateboard. I want to still keep that lifestyle. So I'm, I'm starting to have to say no and starting to put barriers when people are reaching out um, just because it's not possible to buy more time, you know? So those are the two things that I've, I've learned quite, quite a lot last month. Yeah. Interesting around security. I think that's one where you either learn by experience or it's probably something that a lot of people should, should probably spend a little bit more time on certainly as the, as the space grows. Cause unfortunately with the space, you can't contact customer services and say you, um, yeah, you sent it to the wrong wallet. Can you send it back? Or I got hacked. It's it, unfortunately, that's just the way, the way it is a little bit. And maybe, maybe in some ways a, a barrier to entry and something that hopefully will get easier over time. Yeah. I mean, just to be on top of that, cause I think it's such a cool, a cool angle, you know, like we are fighting for decentralization. We are fighting for redistribution of wealth. We are fighting against the middleman. We are fighting against the man, right? That's, that's the core activism behind crypto and all of it. So to do that, you need to take your own, you know, take things on your own control. So if you don't want to the bank to have your money because they're taking fees and they're using your money and you're not like, you know, growing it like two, 3% a year maximum. Uh, and you don't want, you know, you want to be able to like withdraw hundred grand without having to like sign a bunch of papers and make phone calls and wait a week. If you want to have control over that, it comes with a price, which is you are your own bank now. You are your safety. You cannot like call Vitalik and say, hey, dude, like my, my, my wallet got hacked, right? Um, so I think we need as a as, as society, we need to, to get more mature when it comes to, <clears throat> excuse me, when it comes to that type of uh, relationship, because we want more, uh, you know, uh, autonomy, but then we still want the same sort of like middleman type of uh, benefits. And, and it's just not possible. And it won't be, you know, we need to take things over uh, on our own hands, which I think is incredible because the technology is there for that. But then we also need to learn how to manage that. Yeah. And we still, you still see quite a lot around, whether it's LinkedIn or Twitter, that we are early. That's like a a sort of comment. What does, what does we are early mean in the context of maybe we're being late? What, what's, what's late look like compared to early? Early for me means that we just like got in a teleport and went back to the nineties. And we are just trying to figure out what internet is all about. And like nobody knows, and few people have computers. And then you go to your mate's friend to 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 your mate's house, and and he goes like, "Oh, listen to this! Like, I'm connecting to the internet, man." And like, "Oh, okay, but what does this thing does? Like, I don't know, but we figure out. I mean, I can chat with other people, and I can, you know, like I think that's what being early means. It's exactly the same thing. Like now we have like, oh, I just have this penguin and minted this penguin. There's ten thousands of that, and I sold one for 150 grand. Like, oh my god, like." Like that's the type of thing, you know, like everybody's thinking that NFTs are profile pictures, uh, not everybody, but you understand what I mean? You know, a lot of people thinking that NFTs are profile pictures. A lot of people thinking that like, oh, crypto is just this like Ponzi scheme that is bad for the environment and uh, doesn't bring benefit for anyone else. Uh, that's what I think early means, you know, like the amount of ignorance in a, in a you know, in a, in a good way, just lack of education, let's say, or lack of, of understanding 
it's extremely high just because it's complex to understand. Uh, but also, you know, like the utility or the usage of the technology itself, uh, it's very, it's, it, it's in its own early stages, you know, because you don't see a lot of like incredible use case yet. You see more in crypto because, you know, it's been, it's been longer and it's been around for, for longer. But then now, you know, blockchain is getting a lot of traction and NFTs now is just like bringing that to mainstream. Um, so I think that's what early means. I think we are still early. It's funny. We keep repeating that, uh, but it's beautiful. You know, it's beautiful because we have the possibility to join something really early, which I didn't back on the internet because I wasn't old enough. Uh, you know, and I was, I spent my whole life thinking, it was like, dude, imagine if you build in the 90s and you'd see all these things happening. How exciting would that have been, you know? And, and that's where we are. And that's what I think is exciting. How does late looks like? Um, I think it's going to be similar to where we are with, with uh, you know, smartphones and, and internet and the tech that has been around for about 10 years now, consolidated. Uh, we're going to be looking around, not as astonished anymore that, you know, this smartphone has everything on it, but we're going to be looking at it and saying like, what is the next thing? How does that, how does how do I break through having a physical product on my hand, and now I can integrate that in a more uh, less invasive or or you know more fluid way into my body? I'm not saying like cheap or anything, but imagine like you can put glasses or you can be lenses that you know you have uh, AR possibilities through that. So I think once we start getting to that level of conversation of like what is next. And how does the future look like? Because we've been experiencing this for way too long and, and now we need something else. I think that's how late it's going to be. You know, I think the metaverse is an interesting concept exactly because of that, right? A lot of people were like, oh, what is the metaverse? And the metaverse is these. And like Facebook changing their name to Meta. So they claim this space and everybody think that Facebook's metaverse. Uh, what I think that's exciting about metaverse in that sense as well is, you know, we've been having this type of conversation, looking at a camera on a flat screen, a very like 2D approach for way too long now. The last two years, we've been working from home. Majority of the world have been working from home. Um, and now is the moment on which we need a sort of like a new platform or a new way to experience and bring human relationship and human uh, interaction in the digital world to a next level. And, and that's what I think the metaverse is. You know, I think that, we will enhance and and sort of like go beyond this platform that we have right now that's really limited uh, to a platform that is, you know, much more uh, evolving, much more like you'll be part of it. You'll feel, you know, you can touch, you can sense, you can uh, go around, you can walk, you can see 3D objects, you can, you can work together on things as you'll be in the same room, but you are in China and I'm in like Peru. Uh, so... That's that's kind of like when we start having those type of conversations around NFTs, blockchain, metaverse, uh, is when I think we're going to start saying, okay, now now things are established. And obviously, you know, just the, the simple fact of uh, adoption, how many people go on the street tomorrow and ask 10 different people if they know what NFTs are or what blockchains are or if they have cryptocurrencies. If you, if you live like New York or London, maybe the rate is going to be a bit higher. But as soon as it start going away from the main polos, uh, then that's going to decrease, you know. So I think that that's also an aspect. When someone like in the very countryside of, I don't know, like Cambodia 
is able to take cryptocurrency to sell something at a shop, that's where things start getting exciting because we are impacting the people that need that the most. We are impacting, you know, through cryptocurrencies, we are impacting people that, you know, don't have access to banks or people that are not in the system. Uh, I think that's how quote unquote late will look like. Yeah, cool. I mean, the metaverse is exciting for me, like you said, in terms of how we could be having this conversation in the in the metaverse. Our virtual experiences can get get enhanced. Probably one thing that's maybe missing for me at the moment when I look at some examples of metaverses online, and I'm a bit like, oh, the graphics almost look like a bit of a step back versus what we're used to mm-hmm. through gaming and and things like that. And sometimes I think, am I am I missing the point of this a little bit because it doesn't look as cool as maybe what it was described on, like you say, Mark Zuckerberg's video. But I guess we'll, we're still at the early stages of that. And the technology probably isn't fully developed behind what he envisions or we all envision the metaverse to be in the future. Yeah, 100%. I think, again, looking back in the 90s and gaming and you know all those sort of like pixel or voxels games, that's exactly the same the same cycle we passing through, you know, I love, I love looking at um, evolution and, and, and life like cycles, you know, try to, to look at past cycles of disruption or evolution uh, at, you know, at scale, like the radio was or TV or, you know, like internet and then smartphones and then social media, like how those technologies went about disrupting the entire world and touching almost every single human being. Uh, I like looking at the patterns of those changes and then trying to forecast what's going to happen with the next because a majority of the time is going to be the same or similar. So it's sort of like, quote unquote, easy to predict the future when you start looking into that. So, you know, like the gaming in the 90s, they were looking exactly or very similar to what the blockchain games or or the metaverse are looking right now. Uh, and as you said, it's just a matter of technology is way cheaper, way easier uh, or way faster to develop. You know, if you want to get something extremely realistic, um, like, you know, the latest game, uh, you need like five years to build that, right? And in five years, you don't know if that thing is going to steal around or you you won't be the first because you just joined too late. So I think a lot of developers are taking this staggered approach of like, let's ship right now what we can and and make it, you know, evolve as we take, you know, uh, lead as as a platform like Sandbox and Central Lands doing uh, and then everything else will follow. You know, you need the use base, you need the the cash flow, you need the attention. Uh, but yeah, it does feels very clunky and very like that's not the dream that someone sold me. You know, like that looks very different. Uh, why I'm a voxel? You know, like <laughs> it is. It is funny to to see and and just feels very like nostalgic as well. Yeah, that's the thing. I see the comments and people are like, "Wow, this is this is awesome," and I'm like, "Oh, do I not see? I'm not seeing something." <laughs> Yeah, but maybe I'm not going to make it. I don't know. <laughs> um, brands. So we, we're seeing brands now. So if you look at Web1, every brand had to have a web page. And then every brand had to have a, a social media strategy or a, a full-blown digital strategy. And now we're moving into Web3. Does every Is it essential for brands now to have a Web3 strategy going forward? 100%. 100%. You know, and it's not just like jumping on the trend and it's not like um, I want to be part of this because it, it, it looks edgy or it's what everybody's doing. Uh, I think if you want to simplify, uh, you know, the relationship between 
brands and consumers, everything comes down to attention, right? Uh, where are people's attention at? Or well, where will people's attention be at tomorrow? Um, and you cannot deny that the metaverse has got a lot of traction. Uh, so did NFTs. And if you look into the new generations, a lot of their attention is being spent or, you know, will be spent within those environments. So if you want to be relevant now, tomorrow, and in 10 years from now, you need to understand what people will be paying attention in the future. Uh, you know, and, and I have a very strong bet that, you know, metaverse and, and NFTs and blockchain and cryptocurrencies are the place where people are going to be spending a lot of the attention at. Even though they might not understand the technology, what is will be what will be baked in whatever experience they are having or whatever product they're purchasing uh, will be within this sort of like suit of technologies, you know. And I walked the talk. I mean, I I, I just did the leap, you know. I went a hundred percent all in into the space because that's what I believe from deep deep down. You know, I think by just observing what's happening and being part of several different conversations and several different levels from boardrooms to Twitter spaces and, you know, watching what and how kids or, or teenagers, you know, or Gen Z, Y, whatever you want to call them, uh, how they spend their time in the conversations they're having. Like it's, it's undeniable as it was 10 years ago to say that social media will be, you know, the place where people are going to be spending their time zone and, and uh, a lot of attention. I think what's coming next is, we are getting fed up with social media and all of it because that cycle is over and we are moving to the next thing. And I, I strongly believe that the next thing is metaverse. I, I agree. I agree. And what does, for a, for a brand entering the metaverse, what would you say a good strategy looks like? Like what questions should they, should they be asking? How would they start a process like that? The best strategy is providing value. You know, it's, it's, the, it's the oldest trick in the book. Give, 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 right? Um, there, is, there is always like benefit for people that are providing value, for brands that are providing value. So the difficulty is that once you get into those conversations with brands, what's happening right now is that they are looking into NFTs and metaverse as another channel to push products through. So they're like, oh, we need to grow the business by 500% in the next two years. Let's do a metaverse strategy. And we're going to sell like, a billion by next year, right? Like that's how a lot of brands are approaching it because obviously there's a huge, huge, huge pressure on grow, 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 grow. Uh, and therefore what will happen is lack of authenticity. You know, it's just like quote unquote cash grab or, you know, lack of like death as well, right? Uh, and I think that's what a lot of brands are going to struggle with. Uh, you know, if you if you look the way that communities are being built and people that are within those communities, people are scammed on a daily basis by cash grabs and stuff like that. So people have a very good sensor for what's bullshit and what's not bullshit. And as soon uh, brands start behaving in a manner that people can sense check, that is not necessarily the most authentic or the most, you know, value-added way, people are going to push it back. Uh, you know, we've seen this year. I tend to say it, I could count on my fingers the amount of brands or companies that came into the space last year and did it in a manner that everybody was winning from that relationship. You know, so I think those are two 
extremely important pillars. One is understanding how you can provide value. And two is being authentic. And by being authentic, you know, uh, you can, you don't have to create an NFT to be part of the NFT community. You don't have to launch a project to join the metaverse. You know, you don't have to. Why, why would you build a new community out of nowhere and being somewhere that nobody cares within the space? Why would you put your energy there rather than joining communities that already exist, rather than joining, you know, projects that already exist, rather than adding value to projects that already exist and subsequently they are adding value to their community? Like that's what it, what is difficult to get across because again we are early, but also because the web two mentality still in there. The web two mentality is what is in for me? How can I get something from it? I want a piece of this cake. You know how are we gonna how are we gonna get more uh, you know um, market share from this? How are we gonna steal market share from the competitors? That's the business mentality which we've been obviously dealing for a very very long time. And I think that now we are flipping a little bit uh, the scheme on which the community is having a lot of power and new projects are having a lot of power because they're building communities and people are interested. Now, those people are in a position to say what is cool and what is not cool, you know, and what is relevant and what is not relevant and what is authentic and what is not authentic. So there is no way for you to come now with like crazy amount of money and just throw at people and say like, we are cool or we are authentic. People are going to say no. It's like culture. You don't buy culture. You build culture. And a lot of like what's going to happen on NFTs and, and metaverse, uh, it's around culture because it's around people. You know, it's what people want to do and how people want to communicate and interact and, you know, what they want to do. So I think, you know, that's, that's kind of like the mentality shift that has to happen. Uh, very, 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 very few brands or projects or companies have understood that yet because, again, we're early. So it's it's exciting to see, uh, you know, but I'm really hoping that you have those small activists and DGNs within all those companies out there to be able to fight the good fight and bring brands in by the right manner. Because we, we need brands. We need companies, you know. If you ask like the, the real crypto anarchists, they'll say, no, keep them out. They're the man. We don't need them. But we'll need them because they bring the people, they are a platform that will bring mainstream attention. Uh, what we can do and what I think what our role is, is to, you know, help and shape uh, the way they come in and, you know, call bullshit when it's bullshit. Um, so I think, you know, that's kind of like how I envision the most appropriate or the best way or the most the most win-win-win type of thing, right? I tend to say like Web3 now is like win-win-win. Everybody wins. Community wins. The brand wins, uh, the creator wins. How can you create relationships like that? And if you're able to answer that question uh, early, early on when you start developing the strategy, um, I think that's that's when you're already setting yourself to success. Yeah, I was speaking to um, Betty from Deadfellas and she sort of echoed that like, brands should be thinking of how can I bring value to the space as opposed to trying to extract value? And I think that's sort of, really aligns to, to what you were saying there in terms 100%. of brands obviously, obviously so far there's only really been a few that have entered entered the space who do you think has done it has done it well versus maybe those that have struggled yeah i mean 
it's it, I'm biased to say because I was involved in the project and a lot of what I just said, um, you know, it's uh, it's a lot of the mentality that Adidas brought in. So it was really exciting to to have theories and thoughts and ideas on what I wish a brand would have done. And then seeing the realization of those ideas and theories and wishes through what Adidas has done and then see the reaction from the community. So that was really, really cool because it was sort of like the self, self, um, you know, um, sort of like you're looking into something that you imagine would be cool and now it's realizing. Um, so I don't want to go too deep into that because obviously I'm biased and I don't want to like sound, sound, you know, that I'm sort of like pushing too much the Adidas agenda. But I think what was done by the brand was, was, was really exciting, you know. Um, there was obviously things that the brand can learn from. Uh, there were, you know, new hurdles that nobody has experienced before, uh, you know, and now there are like new solutions or new ways of doing it. So a lot of learnings for sure, uh, by far not saying it was perfect. But I think the, the overall reaction from the community was really, was really, you know, humbling to see that we had something in our minds that, that was executed in a manner that the community saw value in. And again, it was true partnership, right? Um, if you look into the contracts and if you look on the, you know, the um, early access and, and how everything was done was all focused on win, 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 right? The creators, Board Apes, uh, Punk's Comic, uh, G-Money, they, they took their cut. The community is taking a, 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 a quote-unquote advantage because obviously their, you know, projects became irrelevant for the brand was incredible. Uh, you know, the, the amount of like attra- uh, attention and obviously revenue that was generated through it. Um, so again, that's a situation that, you know, everybody's winning. Um, so I think, I think that's a good example. Uh, now it's a matter of like, how does the future look like, right? Uh, again, one aspect that was interesting, Adidas even came in and build a new whole uh, community just around Adidas, you know, you tapped into different communities and then you add value to them and they, they organically huddle around the brand and everything that the brand is doing because they're part of it. Uh, you know, so could have been different, could have been like, here's the, you know, Stan Smith and this is an NFT and that's it. And then people are like, oh, well, like, why should I care? You know? So I think that that's exciting. Now on the other side, uh, it's hard to sort of like, point out right uh, but i think when i look for example what pepsi has done uh what like mcdonald's has done or what coca-cola has done uh what visa has done those things for me they they lack a little bit of depth i haven't seen like a real big follow-up behind uh you know i was expecting more uh you know not necessarily from like a financial angle because a lot of those those projects, they were for free, which is fair enough. Uh, but then, like, what is next? It felt just like, you know, if, if you worked on organizations before, it felt like someone from the market came up with this idea, didn't run past anyone, global didn't know about it, and none of a sudden this thing is out, and everybody's like, what just happened? So a lot of this felt like an isolated initiative, which, which obviously had probably very good intentions behind, but it wasn't thought through, like, back to back, you know, or end to end. Um, so I think those are, again, those are learnings, you know, um, the community pushed it back big time, which was funny to, to, to watch as well, you know, 
as a community member now uh, because people are like, oh, that's a cash grab, you know? And I was like, wow, people have that rudder. People just know it. They see it through. It's, it's, really, it's really incredible to see the overall sentiment. Um, I wouldn't call it wrong or, or you know, not going to make it or anything because I'll never ever in my life bet against Nike because Nike is an incredible company. But I was really surprised that the way they decided entering the space was by acquiring a Web3 company. That for me was like, I fell off my chair. I was like, what? Like, wait, like at the same, I had mixed feelings at the same time that is incredibly bold because they add artifact as part of their pillar on their brand pillar. You know, they're right beside Jordan and Converse and you know, all those things. Uh, and they will be in an incredible position when this space has 100 million people rather than a couple hundred thousands. Uh, but at the same time, I like my DGN community, uh, you know, crypto anarchist feeling was like, oh, dude, that's not what this is about. You know, like I really, I really hope that would have been done differently because now it's a Web2 company coming in and just like stealing you know, IP and liquidity and, and a lot of like, uh, you know, creativity from the space. I understand, obviously, Artifact is going to be doing incredibly well. I understand that you're going to have a platform that's going to make them do much more things that they had before. Uh, but still, like my feeling was like, my romantic feeling was still, oh, like this, this could have been different. But again, I'm not saying they're wrong. Uh, you know, if you think in the long term and, and if you zoom out a lot, a couple of years from now, they're going to be in the best position, in one of the best positions, or if not in the best position uh, within, uh, you know, digital fashion. So kudos to them. It just, it just felt wrong at the first stance, but, you know, maybe I'm just too romantic by now. Quick one. If you're building your wealth, you're an entrepreneur, you're working on a project, whether that be NFTs, Web3, or anything else when it comes to, to building a business, and you've got a story that you want to tell, then I want to hear about it. Please get in touch. You can follow me on Instagram, search Jay Hardy The Wealth Journal, Twitter, Jay Hardy TWJ, or send me a message on LinkedIn. And in terms of like your role as a as a consultant or working with brands, like how do you engage the, the senior leaders or really the board level guys to to enter the space with credibility rather than just with that cash grab focus and market share and profit and and also around um IP protection as well. I think if you look at some of the NFT projects, obviously like Board Ape is a good example where the IP is sort of within the holder of the Board Ape, isn't it? So trying to just, I assume brands are looking for protection in that sense as well, but maybe don't want to give away too much, but at the same time want to enter the space with credibility. It's a very, very, very interesting space to be because you summarized it really well. We are in a time that brands use or tend to have full control of everything you know, obviously their IP, but everything else. And now we are trying to have those conversations on which is like, maybe you can flip your logo and, you know, just change a little bit just for this. Or maybe you can get that IP and put in a DAO and get people together. So they build on top of that IP and they are building what consumers want, not what the brand thinks consumers should be consuming. And that thing just got people a little bit frightened because, you know, you just kind of like, you're changing the entire mindset of companies that have been doing business the way they've been doing business forever. Um, it's, I think, so going back to the, to the beginning of your, your question, I think people are really open, which is really exciting, you know? 
and it's not it's not open because they feel that if they don't do it they will be irrelevant they are open because they're genuinely curious about what's coming they're like really trying to figure out uh why so many people are looking into this and wondering about the technology uh when you start talking like really high up uh senior senior uh leadership type of conversation it's difficult because their time is very limited so you know we can go into the space and spend months researching and understanding the ins and outs and and knowing why deep down this is the future but they just cannot afford it because they are running like a couple billion dollar business right um so it's it's difficult to get that like high level approach to make sense because then I said oh yeah like I I've seen another brand buying an ape and they paid 150 grand in this ape and now they are one of 10,000s but what do I do with that ape I mean should I change my twitter profile and that's it like there is also not many benchmarks out there right like that you can tap in and say listen this has happened that's the outcome of that and that's the possibility and building a benchmark that's what you could be doing if your brand and that's how we think we can be long lasting uh you know impact uh so again <laughs> it is early so even for that is really challenging because what do you build benchmark on this has never happened before uh you know so what is exciting is when you find um you know leaders that are visionaries and they they see the future and that's why they're leaders and that's why they build business as they did uh and they don't need to fully understand what that is about but they might have feeling for how the future could look like then those conversations get interesting because then they get excited you know but in a in a very short way um education has been the key aspect you know like we get booked to talk to five to six senior leaderships and you know people and and get them to understand a little bit what's happening give them a little bit of like the taste of how the future could look like and as soon as you start unlocking that mindset uh and then becomes a top down thing you know or a lot of times what happens is you have that one or two people within the organization that are really active and really passionate and they start like quote unquote contaminating the waters you know like hey jump in hey I'll teach you hey you should be having a look at this and then they create like small group channels within the organization that starts like infiltrating and out of nowhere there is like and people that got together and want to build a strategy and now they want to go and pitch the board and you know instead of like waiting for the board come and say go figure out this metaverse thing people are proactively interested in 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 developing those things and a lot of times you know that type of group i just mentioned just you know wants to have a call or or have a chat to understand how we can work together or how we can partner uh in other times you know it's purely education like run me through a 3 hours workshop on why I should care about this thing. Uh so I think education is the key aspect right now. Um you know people are open, discussions are happening. Um I think like Christmas funny enough was that you know time that things shift quite a lot because a lot of people got together as family and you for sure had one person that was like, "Hmm, have you ever heard of NFTs?" and then like boom, that conversation started. And then when people came back from from Christmas, they took a, you know the the one or two weeks after that to research and understand a little bit better and then the first 3 weeks now of January has been just like everybody wants to know about it everybody wants to talk about it i heard about this thing i don't understand enough who understands can you teach me can we talk 
So uh, I can I can feel it. It's it's a very strong wave since since Christmas. You know that people are now interested and, and excited. So conversations have been positive. Uh, it's really difficult because you know big organizations tend to be very slow, and a month in NFTs is like twenty years in Web two. Uh, you know, so it's uh, it's it's hard to get things going, but people understand the urgency. You know. It makes me laugh the thought of a CFO being requested some funds to go out and buy an, an ape, for example. We need we need one hundred and fifty thousand to uh, to buy an ape, and some old style CFOs thinking, "What is going on?" and trying to get the approval for that in some companies. Um, I'd imagine that be that'd be quite interesting. And I guess for it brands is. as well, there's there's no real there's no rush. Like anything, there has to be a a strategy behind it and the, the, the right amount of time has to be taken to, to actually formulate and plan how you want to, you want to enter, enter the space and do it, do it in the right way. Um, I'm keen to sort of understand like, what are you most excited about at the moment? Like what, what's sort of consuming your brain? What are you really thinking about and, and getting, getting excited and fired up about? DAOs 100%. So decentralized autonomous organizations, it's, you know, like I love, I love things that have the power of impacting society at scale. Um, and what is the most impactful thing that you can think of, if not shifting the way that um, we organize ourselves in large groups, right? Like how exciting is that? Now we have possibility to, through technologies, to reorganize the way we organize ourselves, right? So we, we have the, the possibilities of getting together to support a cause, getting together to create impact, getting together to help or getting together to build, getting together to support or, or purchase. Or it's, it's really, really exciting. Um, and I start seeing a lot of like movements, you know, like, People getting together in a DAO to buy carbon credits because they're cheap, and a lot of bad companies are taking advantage to pretend and greenwash their brand, and they're buying those carbon credits together to put them in a vault and push the price going up. How exciting is that? Or you know, I'm working with a project, for example, that has bought um, a quite large chunk of land in the middle of the Amazon forest and is building a DAO around it to protect and develop the area together with the community. And as a, as a byproduct of that, help the local community that live within that area too. How exciting is that, right? So I think that type of relationship that again, is still extremely early because you know there is no like really regulations around and everything's still a little bit of a gray zone when it comes to security and you know how you you take part of it and everyone is anon. So it's, it's, it's easy to be scammed and lose your money, all of that, right? Uh, undeniable. But I think it's just so exciting that people are getting together, you know, and just like from all over the world and you have a smart contract and you have ways of like proposing things and people vote. And that's truly a democratic approach to decision-making as well. Uh, at a small scale, what I just mentioned is exciting because people are proactively building those communities and those new ways of organizing themselves. But then what I'm really excited about is imagine when we start running startups and companies on that manner. There is no like one centralized decision maker. Everything is decentralized. Everybody has the same 
possibilities of taking, you know, decisions or making proposals and we run together and everybody takes a cut from the, the value that's being uh, created through that, that uh, initiative, right? And then if you want to go beyond that and be even more of a dreamer, imagine like running small communities, small towns, small cities, or maybe who knows one day a country in a manner that you can change the entire system uh, of politics and bring that, you know, into uh, a way on which technology is the middleman, uh, you know, and everything's transparent and everything's on chain and everybody has access to the same information. I don't know if I'm talking about 150 years, 300 years from now, but that's what's really exciting for me because that's just starting, you know, and I see on the small examples, but they can sense what, you know, a large scale of that could look like. Do you think um do you think a DAO could work in the sense that if you take a company like Apple that had a visionary like Steve Jobs at the helm, where maybe a lot of people just was they weren't operating on his level in terms of being able to see what a consumer wanted before they even knew it they needed it. Could a could a DAO replace that though by having somebody and, and, and leaders or people with experience making decisions and almost taking that that away from I guess, leaders and giving it to the community? Could it, could it stifle innovation in that sense? Well, I mean, Apple is the largest company in the world, right? So <laughs> that's an ambitious example. But I think for, for sake of like example, I think the beautiful thing there is that you wouldn't necessarily need someone to be that leader or to be put into that position. I think it will be a natural thing through contribution. So it's much more like meritocracy rather than, uh, you know, this guy happened to be chosen to be there and we have to do what he's telling us to what to do. If someone is being adding an incredible amount of value and he's been proposing really exciting things that have pushed, uh, you know, that DAO forward, what I think it can be exciting is that that natural leader will have, will become, that person will become a natural leader, but the amount of, you know, power and decision-making will still be uh, equal within the other members just because it's all sort of like, you know, flat hierarchy rather than have someone at the top telling people what to do. So I think, I think that's exciting. I think, you know, meritocracy is an interesting term for that because it's a lot about how much you contribute and the value you're adding. Uh, and that will sort of like buy your, Uh, image within the community and whatever you're proposing, probably you're getting true just because people believe and trust on what you're doing. Sure. It's a more fair way than just like having two dudes there that you have to vote an A or B and whoever gets elected is the winner, which for me is insane that we still live in a system like that, that we literally elect, you know, one of the like people that are already quite old to be the leaders of, you know, young, young generations or, or, you know, leaders of entire nations that are now having a lot of possibilities to play with technology and stuff like that. So, you know, we just basically, when you talk politics, we're just basically running, uh, you know, popularity contests. And, uh, and that's the same to me, you know, so I'm hoping that, I don't know how long it's going to take us complex, but I'm hoping that that would be like a really strong use case for, for DAOs in the future, maybe for small countries. Fun question. So there's a hypothetical question, this one, Diego. So, um, and of, of course, not financial advice, but if I was to give you a 
$100,000 pounds euros today to invest over the next five years, and then I'll give you the returns. What? Where would you put your money? Play to earn. Gaming. Gaming, play to earn for sure. For sure. I'm shifting majority of my 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 collection right now into play to earn as well. You know, it's if you look back again, looking into cycles, what is one of the most disrupting industries that exists? Always gaming. They're always ahead of their time. And then comes porn, funny enough. <laughs> Those are always very, very disrupting uh, industries that they are always trying the new things. You know, um, I don't know why the pattern, but that, that always is our, our, our industries that, you know, are ahead of their time. Um, and what's happening now with play to earn is exactly that, right? I know play to earn a lot of times sounds a little bit like a Ponzi because, you know, like how can you make money by playing games? But if you dig into uh, the actual possibilities of you being a creator that, you know, imagine Fortnite, you can now go in Fortnite because let's take this as an example. Fortnite is now on chain and is, is all play to earn. And you can go, now go on Fortnite on the back end and build a new skin and an avatar. And if people dig it, they will buy it. And you as a creator, you're taking revenue from that and you're part of the game and you can create a brand, for example, within that game or, you know, by playing that game, uh, you are collecting coins. Like we did that back on Farmville with Facebook. You know, Farmville for me was the most missed opportunity that Facebook had to use cryptocurrencies and be like rolling out play to earn back in 2011. Like Farmville was bananas. People spent hours behind the computer just like planting and milking cows, you know, and like they got nothing for it. They got like fictional uh, coins that you could not do almost nothing with if not buying game stuff. Now, imagine if that would have been a token that you can go to Uniswap and swap to USDC or DAI. And that's where I'm seeing, you know, the, the natural aspect of humans spending time playing games is no brainer. Now, if you add layers on which humans can profit or make money or make revenue from that, which I think is obviously that is the next step, then, you know, it's going to get a lot of traction. I'm not talking about like just games like Axie that work really well for underdevelopment countries like the Philippines that's running uh, Axie right now. I'm talking about, you know, different ways on which people from all over the world can, can take a part of it. And you have different theories and different manners of, you know, creating an economy within the game. So I have no question that this summer, by this summer or mid end of this summer, we will be like talking majority of the time about play to earn and majority of the time about DAOs. I think, you know, last year, or the, the, the year before last year was uh, DeFi summer. Uh, last year was NFT summer. And I think this year is going to be play to earn and down summer. And is there any specific sort of play to earn tokens that you've been, that you've been in looking at interested in? Uh, I like Sand from Sandbox. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's with no doubts that Sandbox is establishing themselves as the forefront in the forefront of uh, quote unquote metaverse. So a lot of times when I'm, I'm talking to brands or I'm talking to companies, they're always saying like, do you think we should be buying land at Sandbox? Like, even though people don't really understand the concept or how that platform works, it became sort of like this entry point for someone to like put a flag on the ground and said, we are coming into the metaverse. Uh, Sandbox, the central land, uh, you know, there are a bunch of other uh, sort of like virtual worlds 
So I think anything that's like virtual world or anything that replicates like land as we do on the physical world, uh, I think, you know, it's a good sort of like uh, store, storage of, uh, of, uh, of value, uh, you, you know, which has obviously potential uh, growth implications. And that's, again, that's just a wild guesses and don't buy what I'm telling you to buy. It's just me being, being thinking loud here with you. No financial advice. <laughs> I'm just an alien. <laughs> so that's one. Um, and then any, any other game, you know, there's one game that I just got involved. That's really cool. It's called Riot Racing. Imagine Need for Speed, but on chain. That's what it's about. You know, it's like Zed Race, which is the, the horse riding. Uh, similar concept, but dude, you can buy, you can buy a car and then you can raise this car and then you can upgrade parts on this car. And then you can, you know, brand this car. And then you can buy the, the, where, where the track actually is. You can buy the track, you can buy the mechanic shop where people go to upgrade. You can buy the gas station where people need gas to race. You can buy billboards so you can do advertisement. And everyone within that system runs on the right race token, for example. So if you want to advertise about something, come to me, I have a billboard. You give me the artwork, I put it up and you advertise and you pay me for advertisement. Oh, your car need petrol? I have a petrol station. You come to me every time you need to race, you put petrol, I get a cut, right? Race, get a cut. So like that type of dynamics is really exciting. And this game is something that I'm looking, they've been building for like seven, eight months already. Uh, you know, we haven't moved. And now they went back, they went on beta last week and they are going live in mid-fab as the roadmap says. So those type of things, for me, they're undeniable. That's going to be really exciting because they're replicating old models, right? Imagine if Need for Speed back in the day would be live and on-chain. And we can race against each other. And anytime I need to put like better tires, uh, I need to go to shop. And, you know, I bet 50 bucks that I can win from you. And you bet 50, you can win. And then whoever wins, keep the money. Like, is that type of mentality and, and game, gamified experience that I think, you know, it's... It's just coming. I see more and more and more. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. Amazing. No, it's good to get your thoughts on the, uh, on the future. Um, Diego, it's been, been amazing talking to you. Thanks so much for your time. Um, how can people, how can people sort of find you and follow you? Is, is LinkedIn the best, the best way? Yeah. If you, if you, if you're not on Twitter space, uh, go to LinkedIn type Diego Borgo, B-O-R-G-O. That's me. You'll find me there. I'm an alien there. So easy, easy to spot. Uh, and if you're at the gen in the Twitter NFT space, uh, look me up, Don Borgo. Uh, that's who I am. Amazing. Well, thanks again for coming on and, um, I'll make sure I'll put any, any links to you in the, uh, in the description so people, people can find you, but it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. 